Hello, and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to consider supporting our work by clicking on the giving button? Thanks so much for listening. Well, we're in the middle of a series called Real People, and it's about every single people here at Lighthouse and our community, they matter. And over the last few months, we've also been looking at the idea of life streaming our life with God's presence through us, through others. And we've heard from the last few weeks, we've heard from our scientists and we've heard from our trailblazers and weren't they great as well? And today we are going to meet some of our wonderful chaplains. And these guys are real people doing work across the Illawarra. And you know what? They're some of our sweetest people. I call them our heart people with the love factor. And that's the way I would describe them. But I'm going to introduce you to them a little bit later as well. (coughs) Well, I've been a chaplain for around 20 years and I'm convinced that being present with people is the secret to engaging well and to unlocking what God wants to do in them and in their, their situations. Being present is about creating space for people to be heard, understood and supported. It enables them to navigate their challenges, find meaning and to connect with their faith in such a way that can be profoundly transformative. And for some, it may be through their own spirituality because not everyone knows Jesus. So I see chaplaincy as a vehicle for live streaming our life. And so this morning, I'd like to do a bit of teaching. Is that okay with you guys doing something a bit different? So... I want to show you two ways that we can be present with people and that's through holding space and a ministry of presence. Anyone heard of those terms? Yep, not many people. Well, these are terms that are always used in the context of chaplaincy. But I want to say up front also, it's not just for the chaplains to be like this. It's you, it's all of us because you are a person of faith and you are a minister of his presence who has potential to change lives. So I might just pray right now. Is that okay? Before we begin. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come. In fact, Holy Spirit, I ask you to hover over every one of us today. Lord, I believe you want us to do so much more in engaging in the community and engaging with people all around us. So Holy Spirit, come. Start digging our hearts. Give us space today. And we pray that you would have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in today's society, people are looking to engage with real people who are genuine, authentic, and if you're not like that, you know, people are going to notice, aren't they? Have you ever been in a situation where you're just chatting to someone and you notice they're not listening, they're starting to turn away? In fact, no one's home at times, and they begin to look elsewhere. And it's not a great experience for them and and it can leave them feeling that they don't matter. I'm sure no one here would do that, would you? (laughs) No, no, we're from Lighthouse, right? (laughs) But I have to admit, I've done that before. And the person I was with said, are you looking for someone else? 
oh, boy, did I feel bad. In fact, I was so embarrassed. So if I have done that to any of you here, please line up after the service and I just want to apologise. <laughs> Definitely, Andy. I really will. Thank you. But how do we learn to hold space with people? And how do we learn to walk with people when they've got lots of tension in their lives? Holding space is really essential for us as chaplains, but even more so for all of us as humans to, who want to show the good difference Jesus can make in our lives. I've got a bit of a definition for you which is going to come up onto the screen. <coughs> Holding space is a form of presence. It is the practice of creating a safe and non-judgmental environment for someone to express themselves, their emotions and their thoughts. It involves actively listening and offering support without attempting to fix, advise or lead the conversation. It's hard sometimes. So we're going to be looking in the sorry, we're going to be looking at holding space in the context of everyone's favorite subject, emotions. <laughs> oh. As soon as they said that word, half of you just wanted to leave, didn't you? <laughs> We're not really into emotions sometimes, are we? When people... When we are with people, we have a tendency to try to fix them, fix their feelings. We want to give people solutions because we don't know how to be present with people. And I think it's because we've identified some feelings there that we just don't want to go there. So we try to give a quick solution and run away. But what if our feelings aren't looking to be fixed? What if they are just looking for some healthy space to feel? Have you thought about that? We sometimes see this in when people are in deep grief. Someone has passed away or deep sorrow and they just want to have a good cry and maybe sometimes they just want you there to listen. Quite a few years ago, my mum passed away and... You know, when something like that happens in your family, you get busy doing the funeral. You run around, you clean the house, you help everyone else except for yourself. Six weeks later, I had a call. Someone wanted to come and visit me from the palliative care centre to see how I was. Yeah, so we were having a cup of tea and doing all that. Then all of a sudden, something gripped my throat and it was horrible. A huge lump started rising and she said are you okay and I said and that's all I could do and she said that's all, all right sweetie just let it go and did I bawl I actually let out this great big howl it was ugly but it was necessary in fact after an hour I stopped and I actually felt so good I felt guilty because it was really needed and there's something in our brain and serotonin that is needed to give us those happy, happy feelings. But if that person hadn't been with me, that wouldn't have happened. And for us as humans, that God made us, we need to be able to have that good cry sometimes and get some of those emotions out. <coughs> when people don't give you loving space to release your emotions... We dishonour the emotional capacity that God gives us. Emotions are not looking to get fixed or rescued. They don't need to be given answers. They are looking for oxygen to breathe. 
They need to be given space. And when it comes to people, most of us are looking for someone to be able to do this with, to have a safe space to do that. But let's go to the Bible as we do, just to have an example of holding space. And this is a passage that I love because it shows Jesus inviting people into his space to hold him. It's up on the screen. Matthew 26, 36 to 44. And it says, Then Jesus went with him. (coughs) Sorry. Jesus went into the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, Sit here while I go and pray. And he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he came and he became anguished and distressed. And he told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Another version says he was so overwhelmed, and he was. Stay and keep watch with me. And he went on a little farther and bowed his head to, the, to his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, Couldn't you even watch for one hour? Keep watch and pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. A little context for what's going on here. Jesus was very aware that he would soon be arrested by the Roman soldiers and the fate of his life would be in the hands of the religious authorities. So he gathered his disciples, his closest friends, and he invited them just to be with him as he essentially asked God for a plan B. He was looking for there to be another way other than the cross and he invited his friends to hold emotional space with him. Jesus' invitation, it was very direct. Sit here. I'm going to go and pray. I don't want you to do anything. I don't want you to fix anything. I just need you to be here with me. Ever have a moment in your life when you just don't want that advice? Lots of people like to try to give us advice. But you don't want someone to fix your situation or what you're feeling. You just want to know that they'll be with you. And that's what Jesus was inviting his friends to do. I appreciate how the scriptures describe the current state of Jesus. He began to be. This was present tense pain for him. Jesus, the saviour of the world, was experiencing intense emotions. He says, my soul is what? Overwhelmed. He was so overwhelmed. He had no shame and he didn't try to cover it up because he was authentic and vulnerable. But as the passage goes on, Jesus would be tried and sentenced to death and he continued to spend time in this anguish, needing his closest friends and his heavenly father to hold him. He didn't need help. He didn't need their counsel. He didn't even invite them to pray. He just wanted them to be. And this is what holding loving space is. It walks alongside another without judgment, without making the other person feel inadequate. 
and without trying to fix the outcome. When we hold space, we open our hearts, offer unconditional support and let go of the need to control the situation. This is the need of every human being. Every one of us is desperate for people that would do that for us. If the Son of God needed it, how much do we? Like the disciples were with Jesus in the garden, you may be standing still and holding space with someone, a friend, a colleague or a family member. And it can feel like you're doing nothing at times, especially when there's silence. Who loves the silence? Sometimes we feel like we've got to fill the space. But being there, to be honest, silence is great. So it's not true if you are feeling inadequate in that area because this is where the work happens. You being present is being active in that space because you are there for that person and you are allowing them to process and feel that time. And just like when my um, mum passed away, that person just gave me that time just to do what I needed to do. But something also profound is happening in that space. When you are holding space for people, you are present with that person and you are present and tuned in with the Holy Spirit. God loves people so much that you being there, he can work through you and you bring insight, wisdom, knowledge, words of healing, words of hope, comfort and a sense of what to do next. And this is where the ministry of presence can be a powerful tool for all of us. Let's look at another bit of a definition on the screen. The ministry of presence. The Ministry of Presence is a concept and approach in caregiving and pastoral work that focus, focuses on the profound impact of simply being there but accompanying people on the journey through life. This may include a supporting presence through offering empathy, comfort and compassion to those in times of crisis, distress or vulnerability, all while leaning into the presence of the Holy Spirit. So presence is both physical, emotional, but it's also spiritual. But this is how we build trust with people. We choose to be there. We emotionally connect, but while listening and connecting to the Holy Spirit. And we can't do without the Holy Spirit these days. We can't do it in our own strength. So presence is a way of being, it's a way of relating, and a way of being with and being there with people. Sounds a bit close, doesn't it, when you speak like that? You've actually got to like people to do this work with them too. <laughs> yeah, something about that, loving one another. But in the Bible, we see many stories of people being present. You know, we see the story of Jesus present and holding space with the woman at the well. And it's a great example because we see her life being transformed. The story of Job, where he sat for seven days with his friends and that was all right till they spoke. It's probably a good example of what not to do. And Jesus in the Last Supper spent time really in being present and joining in with his disciples before he went to the cross. So what does the ministry of presence look like for you during the week? It can often look like standing around the water cooler, circulating amongst people, 
sitting quietly with someone and having coffee. So whether it's home, the lunchroom or the cafe, or maybe even hosting a dinner, like Jesus having the Last Supper. Not that you'd be having a Last Supper. I often see Pastor Josh in the mornings present in the cafe. He's being intentional, and I know he is, (laughs) about the hope of meeting people through presence and building trust in the community. People are getting to know him, and but by being there, people have an opportunity to know God as well. You may think presence can be insignificant at times, but we, em- we are embodying his character, his truth, his grace, his healing, in fact, all his attributes. And in doing so, we become a powerful conduit of his message, which is really attractive and positive, has a positive impact on our community. And this is what live streaming is all about. We are like Jesus with skin on, I would say sometimes. And you know what? That's biblical. In John 1.14, in the message version, it says the word, which is Jesus, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighbourhood. We carry the presence of God. But I don't know about you, when I pray, when I get the word into me, I get stirred up and I feel the word of God shining through me. It it does something to us. It forms a presence which people want, people are attracted to. They might come up to you and say, you look a bit different. What, What is that? And so there are opportunities always. And that's what God wants. He wants people to notice the light in you because it's time to rise and shine for It says that in um, Isaiah 60, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord is seen upon us. And it's so powerful, guys. If you can get this and take margin in your days, things are going to change. Sorry to pick on you, Josh, but Josh also mentioned a few weeks ago that we can have the mindset of, oh, I'm just a stay-at-home mum. I'm just an admin person or I'm just a teacher but we can be bringing our faith and presence to every space we're in because we are those ministers of presence. Did you know that you're a gift to people? Have you thought about that? When you are present with others, it unlocks opportunities. Transformation can happen and coffee with intention makes more sense when you know why you're there and why your presence is significant. You know, God's looked at the needs of your place, where you work, your home. He's looked at you and determined that you are a good fit where you are. You will bring a blessing to that place because your sphere is a sphere of influence to show the good difference that Jesus can make for you being that minister of presence. Presence is something that we all can practice in our relationships by listening more, and speaking less. Do you know what? Listening is perhaps the oldest and most powerful tool when we're with people. It's often through the quality of our listening, and, but not the wisdom of our words, that we are able to affect the most profound change in others. Listening actually is a bit of an art. It needs to be developed and practised for you to be good at this. And it does take time sometimes. And if you need help with that, we would love to um, turn you toward the different resources that can help you with that as well. To listen more, you need to be present. To listen more, 
you need to be free from distractions. And to listen more, you need to learn to release your judgments. When we choose to listen more, the result is we end up speaking less. And the need for words actually fades because the space is being filled with seeing, listening and being with. So do you think you can do that? Do you think you can begin practising presence with people and listening well? So we're going to have a bit of a segue right now. And while the guys are coming to set up and moving the lounges, and I just want to say that this is something you can learn. This is something that, that anyone can do, but it just takes time. And you just need to um, practice with your family or practice with your friends. And it's something that really will make a difference in other people's lives. Okay, while they're setting up, I'm going to be introducing you to our chaplains. Are you ready? Yeah. First, we have Glenn Berry. <laughs> Actually, you could probably start coming up as I, yeah, I might sit. So Glenn is a Corrective Services Chaplain down at the South Coast Centre and he's a counsellor also at Spirited Life Counselling Business in Barrie. And Glenn's part of the team at the Men's Brekkie, he helps with that, but he plays the guitar. But he doesn't mind a good surf, but don't hold it against him, he rides a mini mow. Yeah, I don't even know what that is, so... <laughs> Sounds small. It sounded convincing anyway. Okay. And Julie, Julie Berry, actually, yep, Julie Berry, Illawarra and Shoalhaven Chaplain for Baptist Care at Home Services. Julie is also a school chaplain for the intellectually and physically disabled children at NARA and uh, does a great job down there. And Julie loves to get away at weekends. And we also have Karen Blackmore. So come up, Karen. Karen works for Anglicare and is the senior living pastoral care team leader for South South West. But she gets around a bit, this girl. She <laughs> chaplains over the Illawarra, the Highlands, up to Goulburn and back, South City and all the way down to Naruma. So give her a hand. And Karen loves the ocean and a bit of adventure. <laughs> okay. What's happening here, guys? Separated. Separated. <laughs> Might have to pray about this. <laughs> well, thanks for being here, guys. And I just want to say up front that our chaplains minister from womb to tomb. And they do a great job in every aspect of life. Um, that they, you know, the good times and the bad. They're not just here for the bad, but also the joy of celebrations and things. So welcome and... Thank you for hanging on stage with me today. So I'm um, excited about people to get to know you a little bit more and some of your stories. So over the last few weeks, uh, we've been looking at different ways to live stream our life. But before we go there, today we heard it's important um, if Jesus needed to have his disciples there um, going through the toughest time of his life, my first question is to you, Karen. Why is it important to hold space and not try to fill the gaps with words? Well, I'd like to um, 
just talk about a situation that happened. Um, I'd just come back from holidays and I was called to the hospital for a, a client that was in palliative. Anyway, I go to the hospital, walk in the door, and while I'm talking to the family and saying hello, my head's going, hmm, she looks like she's lost weight. Her hair's longer. It's even greyer. Hmm, interesting. And I'm saying hello to everybody. They've asked me to take a seat. Um, right one. Checking it's sitting with oh, the person sorry. too. Or sorry, too I've got two of them mixed up here. I had trouble with my technical stuff this morning. Couldn't email anything to myself, typical, on the day you need it. Sorry, wrong story. The other story was this was uh, when I first started chaplaincy, so I've been doing it for about 14 years. Um, I was called to the hospital, never met the person before. Went into the room and this lady is lying on the bed and she just had a hand out. And she said, please sit. So she took my, I took a hand, she squeezed my hand and then it was silent. So I'm waiting for her to say something, what do we do next? My head's going, what do I do, Lord? What do I do here? What do I say? What don't I? And all I kept feeling was the Holy Spirit saying, peace, be still, peace, be still. Two hours later, two hours later, which is awfully hard for me to keep quiet for two hours, this lady squeezed my hand and said, thank you for coming. I knew that if I asked for a chaplain to come... I would have space to be able to process what's happening to me. I asked her, could I pray? And then I left, never saw her again. Wow, that is so powerful. And it does show the importance of shutting our mouths, doesn't it, in a way. And it takes grit and it takes the Holy Spirit. And for you to know that this is going to be the best for this person at that time. So thanks for that, uh, Karen. Well, Glenn... Um, you are down at the jail, and I know it's a dangerous place down there. I've actually been into a few different jails. But you seem to create... <laughs> I just realised what I just said. <laughs> Visiting people, of course. <laughs> but you seem to be able to create... I said to keep that a secret. <laughs> but you seem to create an atmosphere of peace wherever you go. Tell us what happens down there. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's truly amazing because um, for the past seven years being a chaplain in the prison system, I've always felt God's peace when I've um, gone through those gates. And um, I spend a, a bit of time preparing in the morning, so I get up quite early, but I spend time with the Lord. I haven't always done that. Probably the last two years I've been, probably been more consistent with that. But um, listening to a lot of teachings and Julie and I have prayer and communion in the morning. So there's a lot of peace about our demeanour when, when I get to the jail. But the, the most incredible thing is, like the area I work in, there's probably about 40 staff, 200 inmates. Um, and you hear a lot of comments about, um, there's, it's just a different atmosphere to what it is in the other parts of the jail. And I, I truly believe it's because the Holy Spirit is um, bringing that peace to everybody. And there's even been comments where staff members have said that they prefer to work in that area. Um, there's a collaborative um, engagement with all staff. And the inmates, you know, they just... There's always a bit of trouble in a jail. But a lot of the time, you know, there's a lot of peace. Yeah, beautiful. And um, 
from what Glenn said before, everyone work, wants to work in Sector 5. So if ever you have to go to jail, ask for Sector 5 because it's the most peaceful and the Holy Spirit is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you've got to be male, sorry. I've heard many people say they don't know what to do in different situations and they begin to, they get anxious. Oh, what do I do here? Do I pray? Do I ask a question? How do I even bring comfort to people? So how do you know what to do? So, and chaplains are great at knowing what to do when they don't know what to do. So have you got a quick story on what you did when you didn't know what to do? Maybe Jules. Uh, yes, so I was visiting with a lady who had been through domestic violence and it was clear that she'd been through a really difficult time and so it can be daunting in those moments to know what to do or what to say. Um, her story was very confronting and very sad and I wanted to give her some comfort and some hope. So I started by giving her empathy and validation while I was seeking the Holy Spirit within. So when I rely on the Holy Spirit, um, that's when the magic happens. <laughs> it's, it creates a sacred space um, because he's doing the work. Um, and I just need to trust that. So I find that in those moments, the Holy Spirit gives me the words to say. And, um, and what happens next sort of happens supernaturally and it's a blessing. Mm, thanks for that. And it, and it can be a bit daunting, especially when you've got someone that's got 20 things going on at once sometimes. You think, where do I even start? And you've actually got to sit back and take a breath sometimes and allow the Holy Spirit to move forward. So thanks for that, Jules. And what about you, Glenn? You've got a story about uh, in the chapel. Um. Yeah, because there's so much activity going on every day in the jail and we only have limited amount of rooms that we can operate from and I, I do have a particular group room or multi-purpose room which is also used as the chapel and there was one particular day where there was just chaos. It was just incredible. Like there was Nothing was going right. Um, the multi-purpose room where I have chapel was being used and I always like to get into the chapel about an hour before the service so I can prepare and, um, and pray. Anyway, it, was, it must have been just on 2.30 and that's when chapel starts. I normally go and call the inmates up and um, take them over to the chapel area and, and I'm usually prepared. But this one particular day, I didn't even have a, a service prepared I didn't have a sermon ready and it was like oh my gosh Lord what am I going to do here because you know I I just haven't had the time to have anything ready and you know you just you dig really deep it was like what Julie said you know we rely on the Holy Spirit um, because it, it's the Holy Spirit it's God's ministry it's it's not our ministry and I and so even though I I love that word anguish that Deb was using a lot because that's how I felt. It was, it was painful. Physically, I could feel the pain and, I was, and the dread that came over me because I just didn't know what to do. 
So it was like in my heart I'm saying, God, you've got to give me something here. And believe it or not, the service went smooth. You know, the guys enjoyed it. They come up, said, thanks, Glenn. Little did they know that I had nothing to bring. So, yeah, so when you don't know what to do, um, by calling on the Holy Spirit and just saying, Lord, you've got to help me. Yeah, definitely. You almost have to really dig deep because you're trained. You already know what to do, but you don't realise at the time because you feel a bit stuck. So you've actually got to dig deep and really lean into the Holy Spirit and, again, take a deep breath. Breathing helps a bit too, actually, but slow breathing. And it, it's marvellous what a difference that makes as well. Um, so, Karen, there was a situation where uh, you got called to do, do to a situation, I guess, you hadn't come across before. Yeah. So it was actually a phone call. And um, a person rang me and during the beginning of the conversation said to me that they would wanting to cause harm to themselves. Now, I hadn't had a situation like that before. So internally, while this person's talking, and, and remember, I can't see them. There's no body language. Can't see the environment they're in. I don't even know where they are because she wouldn't tell me that. So my head's starting to panic going, what's the manual say? Um, fast track the manual. What page am I on? Like, what do I say next? And the doubt and the panic within myself, I could feel it. You know, like you start raising and my hands were shaking and I'd sort of, it was a moment of like, well, hey, this isn't about me, it's about God. So even though your mouth is talking and you're asking questions, you're still talking to God internally. I'm sure everybody does that. I'm not the only crazy one in the room, I'm sure. <laughs> so internally, I'm saying to God, what do I do? What do I do? And I felt like he said, breathe. And I just took a moment and kept the silence on the phone breathed really deeply and said, okay, Lord, where do I go? And that's when I felt the Holy Spirit lead me. And we had a great outcome. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. And it's great that how you um, still went with it. You didn't run away and you really trusted in um, really God and your training. And so um, because of time, we're just going to go to have one last uh, story. Um, when working with people, there can be so much tension, and we've learned about that in our live streaming series. And tension in the rope, and we're holding space as chaplains, we're listening, we're bearing one another's burdens. What do I say next? Um, and in the book Livestream by Andy Flaherty, anyone heard of the author? <laughs> um, it says, doubt is a normal response to uncharted territory, and it can be a good thing even necessary but it goes on to say we can learn to embrace God and still travel through doubt so Glenn I want to ask you where have you doubted and how did you reconcile this just brief <laughs> um, about two years after being a chaplain at Berrima Correctional Centre um, all of a sudden they transitioned the men to female and so it was, that was a predicament in itself and it was a challenging uh, experience. But one day, an inmate came up to me and wanted me to do what they call a positive lifestyle program, which, uh, which is, you know, just to help them with personal skills. Anyway, this person uh, wasn't only just female, but the female was transitioning to male. 
and so it was very confronting. Um, I really had no idea how this was all going to work because uh, being a tradesman for most of my life, 30, 35 years, and then all of a sudden now I'm a chaplain, and not only just a chaplain, I'm in a, in a female jail, and I've got someone transitioning from female to male. So you can imagine, like, uh, I, would, I was just questioning myself, what am I even doing here, Lord? You know, like, why, why would you put me in this predicament? How am I supposed to help this person? Anyway, with, with uh, a few sessions gone by and learning more about this person and the way that they were able to share their life and the difficulties and the challenges that they'd been through, and I realised that God put me in that position because not only did I learn more about this person and I could hold that space, but I also learned that I could mature as a chaplain and I could grow as a person. And so, you know, I didn't need to doubt anymore because the Lord knew what was inside me, even though I didn't know what I was capable of coping with but God gave me everything I needed so there was no doubt beautiful thank you for that Glenn Um, and it's like that sometimes we are brought into situations of the unknown and we can tend to start doubting ourselves but but what Glenn's describing are situations that I guess are happening around us right now and but we can't judge and we are still to love people the Bible says to love one another and so what I see Glenn doing is he did Chaplaincy 101 and he did a great job so why don't you give the chaplains a hand and thank them yeah yeah thank you for listening to the Lighthouse podcast we hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day if you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather jump on our website a different light.com.au catch you later